Caught me off guard. I, I wasn't even looking at the opening, didn't realize it was time. So I'm Nolte Manning II. This is Thomas Manning right over here to, to my right, uh, Hollywood, uh, to those of his friends. So uh, one person calls him Hollywood. And uh, Greg Tillman uh, back there. A few more uh, than one. Yeah, yeah, a few more than one. We got three. Uh, and Greg Tillman back there on uh, the, the Tim Cam. Good to, good to see you, man. Uh, glad, glad you're here. Uh, we'll keep working on those Panamots and uh, we, you know, we go back and watch a few more silent films and maybe you can get to the level of, of the Oscar-nominated uh, uh, Tim Foster uh, who, who did it so well back during the Tim. No, you'll never make it there. Never make it there. Well, we appreciate you spending time with us right here on Meet Me at the Movies. We do talk films uh, and other entertainment-related stuff because we can, because we can. Uh, one of the things we're, we're hoping to get to this show is uh, Strange New Worlds. That's that, uh, that Star Trek series that we've been uh, trying to talk about for, dang, I don't know, like 12 months? Seven years. Seven maybe. years yeah. and 12 yeah. months. And so we're hoping to get to that, but we, we, we don't think we will. But if we do, then Mr. Tillman will be very happy because he's been wanting to talk about it for a very long time. And since he doesn't have a mic, it doesn't really matter. Mm. So uh, one thing we are going to talk about... <laughs> Comic-Con, man, so much came out of Comic-Con, and uh, <laughs> it's not strange to the world. Comic-Con, uh, which there was some Star Trek stuff that came out of Comic-Con as well. But I'm sure there was. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk yeah. about that. And we're also not going to talk about DC, because when you look at the slate of things that's happening, it's all Marvel. Yeah. All Marvel all the time. It's almost, if, it, if, if MTV came out today, it would be Marvel television yeah. is what it would be. Uh, because there's so many things, uh, and, and it may take up most of the show, some of the things you want to talk about. And you got a list of about 40 you want to make sure you mention. And um, I want to make sure I get mine in. So uh, a new Captain America film with uh, Anthony Mackie, uh, that's going to be coming out. And, you know, we had a series that, that came out recently with him that was a really, really well-done series. So we've got two more Avenger films, Fantastic Four back again but this time under the marvel cinematic universe umbrella and daredevil that is the one i am truly most excited about is daredevil back and uh, i'll say when netflix first launched daredevil thomas um, several years ago i was like wow this is something i've never seen before it's dark it's gritty it feels real and and they did it well and they did it right and they did several of those series including the Punisher and uh, Jessica Jones Luke Cage. and Luke Cage, uh, and then the Defenders, of course. So they did it right and they did it well. And we thought, oh, that's a, it's, it's gone when Disney bought it out. But Disney is saying, no, these these guys now exist within the MCU. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Charlie Cox is coming back as Matt Murdock. Uh, we saw a little cameo from him in Spider-Man: No Way Home, where it was just pretty much like he was on screen for a minute and. It's just a perfect character moment where he catches uh, this uh, flying object coming through the window, Peter Parker. He just catches it and they're like, well, I thought you were a blind lawyer. And he's like, 
but I'm a really good blind lawyer. So, <laughs> exactly. So, which is, that's, I mean. It was just a great yeah, cameo, yeah. and it was, it was, to me, it was more than fan service because it, it, it brought those worlds together. Yeah, exactly. And also, uh, Vincent Dionofrio is coming back as Wilson Fisk, the kingpin. Uh, we saw him in a, a season finale of Hawkeye. And uh, so now we knew he existed kind of in that universe, but now it's official that him and Daredevil are going to face off again. And it's going to be an 18-episode series, wow. uh, 18 episode series. How do you feel on. about that? I Okay, so for the Disney Plus series that we've had over the past year or so, um, it's mostly been a six-episode structure. Right. And I think the six episodes isn't quite enough. Yep. Um, but then when you go back to the Daredevil uh, series, uh, the three seasons on Netflix, those were 13 episodes, and I thought that was a perfect length for those. Um, right. But 18 episodes, I think, is might be a little bit too much. Um, however, I'm going to save my judgment for whatever yeah. story they're going to tell. Right. And it is a pretty big story. There's Daredevil Born Again, yeah. and that was a great uh, comic run. Um, and it's um, they actually, I think, they adapted parts of that in Daredevil Season 3 on Netflix, but I think they're going to flesh it out even more in this entire uh, season. But, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm somewhat wary of such a you know such a lengthy season, but I am optimistic about it. Uh, the showrunners are going to be the showrunners that did Covert Affairs, which was a great kind of a oh, yeah, crime spy, uh, thriller. spy thriller yeah. series in the mid 2000s. Um, and you know the fact that they're bringing back you know uh, Charlie Cox, right. Vincent Dionofrio in the cast. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I am but, too. Yeah, I am too. And and I'm you know. We used to live in a day where you know, a, a, a season was 24 episodes plus, depending on what it was. And, and then we've gotten spoiled to these little kind of mini seasons. Uh, and, and I used to make fun of, of these BBC shows that was like, you know, the series had like six or seven episode, episodes for the whole season. That was it. And I'm like, what? But you can tell some really good stories in, in those limited runs. And... Um, 18, I'm going to have to get used to going back and watching something that, that's that long. I, I, and with the way Netflix is doing it, unless they break it up into, you know, volumes one and volume two kind of thing, I don't know. I mean, Stranger Things actually ended up working really well by doing it the way that they did. Yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned that. I hadn't considered that, but I almost wonder if Disney Plus might take a similar approach. Uh, so this is slated for spring of 2024 for Daredevil, but, you know, maybe they They'll do like nine episodes in the spring and then nine later in yeah. the fall. I'm not sure, but uh, it, that I'm, would I'm, be a unique I'm excited. approach. I'm yeah. excited about yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, and then going back, you mentioned the Avengers. Uh, so the big announcement here was that this overarching phase of Marvel films coming up and also, you know, dating back three years post uh, Avengers Endgame, this is the multiverse saga. And uh, we've seen... We've seen glimpses of that. We saw Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, and then in the Loki series, we saw all sorts of multiverse variants. Uh, but now it's official that we're getting... And, and uh, Spider-Man. That's right, yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man, No Way Home, of course, <laughs> with you know, McGuire and uh, Garfield crossing over. But we have, this is building up to two Avengers films in 2025. Avengers Kang Dynasty, uh, you know, Kang the Conqueror, played by Jonathan Majors, and Avengers Secret Wars. Um, so that... King Dynasty is coming out in May of 25, Secret Wars in November of 25. Um, so I'm, you know, the next three years is going to be jam-packed with so much more Marvel, and it's it's only going to get crazier. I think some people might step off the train, but just more and more people are going to keep getting on, and yeah. you know, because they uh, they they their audience um, they keep coming back. So. Yeah, and 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 it's uh, amazing to be able to 
now see um, these types of things happening both on our screens at home and on the big screen, and they are transitioning seamlessly between the two. And that's amazing from an acting talent standpoint, um, but also the writing standpoint to try to keep that consistently good on, on, on both platforms. I'm, I'm just really impressed by what they've done. And you know, if you had told me 15, 20 years ago that this would be the state of what we'd be seeing with intellectual properties, IP, uh, I, I don't know that I would have believed it. I don't know that I would have believed it. Yeah, it's for me to have grown up during this time has been uh, quite the experience as a you know, as a film viewer and just as an appreciator of pop culture. Yep. Yeah. And, so, go ahead. Uh, you know, big teaser that came out of Comic Con as well. Probably the the biggest one was uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, a first glimpse of the Black Panther sequel and. You know, this is coming out in November. This will be the 30th film in the MCU. Ryan Coogler is returning to direct, but as we all know, it's going to be a tremendously emotional experience you know, for all of us, but also it was for the cast and crew making the film after the loss of Chadwick Boseman just suddenly right. in 2020 with, after fighting a battle with colon cancer that nobody really knew yeah. about. And yeah. um, I have no idea how that's going to be handled within the universe of the, the narrative, but... I have the utmost confidence this is going to be handled at very beautifully. It's going to be a wonderful tribute to him um, because, you know, I like like we said, the entire entire world loved Chadwick, yeah. so um, yeah. and the entire crew that worked with him. Um, I'm very much looking forward to how that all plays out, and uh, it's going to be a um, very emotional ride. But I think it's going to be cathartic in a way too. Oh, I think so yeah. too. And and we think about Wakanda forever. It's also introducing. Um, a, uh, a character in, um, in comics that we have never seen in live action. Uh, and it's one that Earl Owensby actually wanted to do uh, years ago, Prince Namor, uh, the Submariner. And uh, I used to call him the Submariner, uh, and I was told that was wrong. So uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for that uh, non-viewer mail for letting me know. But, uh, you know, we're going to see this character for the first time in live action and that's going to be really uh, amazing to see on the big screen as well. And I'll, I'll be interested to see how that, that pans out. Yeah, it's going to be pretty much a Wakanda versus Atlanta type war. Atlantis, not Atlanta. Uh, sorry. That's in Georgia. Yeah, that, a, that, different. A, little, a little bit different. <laughs> a little bit different. Uh, yeah, but, Greg's like, uh, no, yeah, I think that's wrong. Well, Atlanta? You, you caught my drift there. But anyway. <laughs> the um, Falcons or the Hawks or the United? Which, which, which Atlanta? Uh, yeah. oh, so go ahead. All right, keep okay. going. Yeah, keep well, going. We're going to keep that in there, too, because it was a pretty, pretty funny mix. So, but, but there's going to be uh, two big films, uh, two big blockbusters this holiday season that deal with Atlantis uh, <laughs> or an Atlantis-type city because James Cameron, Avatar, Way of the Water. Uh, right. So that's going to be that would be an interesting double feature between <laughs> Wakanda Forever <laughs> and Avatar: Way of the it Water. It sure would. Yeah. It sure would. Okay. Any other Comic-Con things you want to make sure you cover before we uh, talk about Nope? Uh, let's see. Well, I really want to talk about Nope, uh, but I will mention there were a few DC teasers. Uh, Black Adam with Dwayne Johnson is coming out in October. Looking forward to that. Also, uh, Shazam, um, I think Fury of the Gods, the sequel to uh, Sh the first Shazam from a few years ago. So DC has a few things that yeah. are on the horizon, but it's it's pretty much all yeah. Marvel that's dominating the, I, the industry. I'm looking forward to Black Adam because I interviewed the screenwriters for that who did the Mauritanian. And uh, you know, I was talking to them, and, and they couldn't share a whole lot at that time because that was during uh, early. They were shooting uh, Black Adam, and they said we can't share a whole lot about the script. But 
but when you compare the Mauritanian, this you know, kind of low budget, uh, low budget historical piece compared to big budget Dwayne Johnson, said it's hard to compare those two. So I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with the story uh, for this. Uh, you're all watching uh, Meet Me in the Movies. We've been talking about Comic-Con. We're going to take a quick intermission. We're going to come back, talk about a film called Nope. Um, really excited to talk to you about this. Been looking forward to this one for, for quite a while. And, uh, and maybe we'll also talk about uh, the Netflix film, The Gray Man. Uh, we'll, we'll see what else we get to right after this quick intermission on Meet Me in the Movies. Education is our most powerful tool to improve and change our world. Hi, I'm Rhonda Benfield, your host for School Matters. Join me for a new program every other week with information from and about the students and staff of Cleveland County Schools. Discover what our schools are doing to challenge students and help them reach their full potential. You can catch us on Spectrum Cable Channel 19 or stream us live on C19.tv. North Carolina is still the kind of state it was when I led it. And this is a way to stay healthy, to bring the economy back, to get our children back in school. This is the way to do it, and I'm so proud of the progress we're making and proud to have gotten my shot with my good wife today. You have a spot, take your shot. Welcome back to Meet Me in the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II, hanging out with Thomas Manning, uh, Sir Thomas Manning, uh, and, uh, and and Gregory uh, Tillman, uh, right back there. Uh, yeah, is that is it Gregory W. Is it W. Yeah, uh, Gregory W. Tillman uh, back there on the Tim Camp. Uh, we appreciate him making sure that we look pretty and presentable. That's uh, that's all we're looking for. It's pretty and presentable, and and if 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 it's pre if presentable is the best you can do, we'll take that as well. So uh, right here on Meet Me in the Movies, we spent uh, a lot of time talking Comic-Con uh, and, and what came out of that, uh, the first part of the show. But we, we, we got to talk about Jordan Peele's new film called Nope. Uh, and and we're, we're, we maybe we'll talk about Strange New World, Star Trek. We'll have to wait and see. But, but uh, this movie is uh, really, to me, this is uh, a perfect film for the summer because it, it took me back and... Uh, I, I've compared this to a, a cross between Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and J.J. Abrams' Super 8. So it's got this Spielberg slash Abrams combination with a little Twilight Zone-esque feel to it. Uh, man, it, it, it's a very witty film. Uh, the writing is incredibly witty for me. It was creative. It was engaging creepy and at times quite humorous, uh, but Nope is one that I'm glad that I've got a chance to check out. Uh, Thomas got to see it at an early screening before it opened, and uh, as you've digested, things I think have changed for you a little bit. Yeah, yeah, so right when the credits rolled, I thought to myself, you know, I kind of wish that Jordan Peele would go back 
to a scale like Get Out, uh, which you know, his directorial debut in 2017 with Daniel Kaluuya, and that was made for to like a couple million dollars, and took place pretty much just in this one house, um, and had very small cast. This one still has a very small cast, but and, the, and small location. Well, uh, limited locations yeah, as well. Yeah, but the scale keeps getting bigger. Um, however. The more I digest it, uh, I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad that we have someone like Jordan Peele who is taking these risks, who is taking these big steps, getting outside of his comfort zone, because I'm sure it, to go from Get Out to Us, Us was a step up, and then to this, this was, uh, just as far as production budget, this was like $60 million more million than he'd ever worked with before. Um, and I just, the more I think about it, the more I appreciate pretty much everything about this, this movie from top to bottom. Yeah, he and and he finds a way, much like the the Blumhouse productions, to do a lot with a limited cast. And um, to me, that goes back to the stories and the characters in order to do that well and to do that right. And both were done here. Uh, the casting was 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 really spot on. Kiki Palmer, uh, absolutely amazing, and she stole the show. In a lot of different ways, uh, there there was this there was a humor that that would come out at times. It's a very, you know, suspenseful film, but the humor that came out was so realistic and so organic. There's like, yeah, if that happened to me, I, I, that's exactly what I would probably do. I mean, there's there's one scene where, um, and I'm not giving any spoilers. If you've seen the trailer, you know that there's something relating to, to aliens. But there, there's a scene that's very reminiscent of Close Encounters of the Third Kind where someone is kind of stuck in a vehicle while there's something going on around them. And uh, in this particular instance, you know, it's like chaos is happening and it's like, ah, I'm going to lock the door. It's like, yeah, like that's going to help <laughs> yeah. you. But that was it. That's exactly that's what a very so human we, reaction. Yes, yeah, yeah, we would do that. Yeah. We would do that. Greg does that every time I walk near his car. He just locks the door. I don't know what that's about. But, you know, you mentioned in the marketing, there were teases of some otherworldly presence. But even after months of the teasers and trailers, I was still surprised by the film that we did get. Right. Um, and you know, it teased just enough the general premise, but it didn't re really reveal the key details of the central thesis of the film. Yeah. And I don't think this is a film that 100% re relies on whether or not it's predictable, but I do think the going into it and getting something different did play into the effect of it, for, for just from a cinematic perspective. Um, you know, there were moments where I thought, okay, I know exactly how the next 10 minutes of this is going to play out. Uh, but then, you know, from the start of those 10 minutes to the end, there were key details that were changed based on what I was expecting. Yeah. It kind of shifted my entire you know, viewpoint on those 10 minutes as a whole, really. Oh, yeah. And that, that just continued as a cycle throughout the entire film. That, that's one of the things I really uh, appreciated about this is that it did find ways to challenge what you thought was going to happen. And we've seen so many films, we've seen so many formulas. Uh, it's it is really hard now to surprise me. And even though I mentioned elements of what this film reminded me of, like Jaws and Close Encounters, yeah, and I, and I can talk about some of those things, but it still surprised me. And um, I appreciated that. And it's been a long time that I, since I felt surprised uh, at, at a movie theater. 
and, and, I, and I really was. Uh, there's this one character, he, he, and this is kind of a, there's a movie within a movie going on. There's a whole element of, of uh, a film and filmmaking happening within this, and you and I love that kind of stuff. We're drawn into that. Uh, and there's this, uh, this character who plays this, you know, kind of Oscar-winning cinematographer. And I compare him to Quint in Jaws. He's this seasoned guy, he's seen it all, he's been through it, and he's asked to come and give his expertise on something, which is exactly what Quint did in Jaws. And I'm like, man, that is so cool, but I've never expected to see it done that way here in Nope, and it works so well. He's got some really meaty line readings as well. <laughs> he does. Uh, the uh, purple eater. Purple people eater. Purple people he, he, eater, he man. He recites lyrics from that, yeah. and it sounds like an evil Dr. Seuss when he when he does it, doesn't it? I mean, it sounds like someone <laughs> like you know telling the signs of the apocalypse are, yes. that are on the horizon. Exactly. Yeah. It sounds like someone reciting something from the book of Revelation. Yes, something like that. yes, that's exactly right. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly right. But yeah. it works so well. It does. It really does. And that that's just Jordan Peele's expertise at blending you know, almost satire, but uh, with eeriness and just um, such a heavy, suspenseful atmosphere. Um, and, you know, speaking of the atmosphere, uh, the, I think this is the slowest burn of his films. Yeah. Really, so the first... A lot of setup at the beginning. Yeah, yeah the first two scenes kind of set up the eeriness of it all. But then for the next 30 minutes, it's kind of just a family drama and getting to know the characters of Daniel Kaluuya and Keith And their Palmer's situations. Characters. Yeah, and they're, they're uh, the Haywoods, their siblings, their horse ranchers who train horses for films. Uh, we, we learned that the first big break uh, they train their horses for was the Scorpion Kings, <laughs> which <laughs> kind of becomes a recurring joke throughout yeah, the movie. Yeah, it does, even, um, uh, even with a particular hoodie that yeah. shows up later in the film. Yeah, yeah. and so that, that kind of goes back to the connection. Um, this is a movie about making movies, um, and it's also a movie about making documentaries, specifically yes. capturing the perfect money shot. Right. And um, this is, um, the Hoyt Van Hoytema was the director of photography on here, and he's known for his work with Christopher Nolan, worked with Nolan on uh, Interstellar and Dunkirk and Tenet. And uh, he just brings that, that scale and that scope, uh, shooting with you know, these massive IMAX cameras, uh, brings that kind of visual sensibility and combines it with Jordan Peele's imagination uh, to create some of the most haunting, yeah. but strangely beautiful images I've seen in a film in a long time. Yeah, and if I, if I had known the name uh, Hoyt Van Hoytema, before Thomas was born, Van Hoytema Manning would have been the name that you would have been given, just because it's such a cool name. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll take it. I mean, there's, there's still time to change my name legally, yeah, I true. guess. So. You can do that legally now, I guess, I guess I can. if you want to. Yeah. Uh, magnificent film, and uh, it is one of those that the more I think about it, I love it even more. And uh, whenever you go to these uh, screenings, early screenings, uh, critic screenings, uh, you're asked to give your opinion right away. You know, what is your, how do you feel about this? What are your reactions right away? And there, there have been a few times in my life that, uh, that that has changed after I've had a chance to digest it. And I know that, that, that your rating definitely changed from the time you left to where you are now. Yeah, yeah, when I first watched it, uh, I mean, I still gave a positive quote, positive reaction, but I was, for like a letter grade, I was thinking somewhere around B, B plus. But now I'm closer to really an A. Um, and so we can go and consider that my grade for Jordan Peele's Nope. Um, but 
I had a similar reaction to us, uh, his 2019 film. I don't know if you've gone back to revisit that one. I haven't. Or not, I, but I was not. A, I was not yeah. in love with it when I first saw it. Yeah, uh, I was kind of on the same page with you, um, but I went back to revisit that one about a year after I first saw it and just loved it. Um, and so with Nope, it's been an even you know smaller time frame that my love for it has grown. Um, so I'm sure that this is one that could very well end up being. Uh, one of my favorites of the decade, just the wow. more I just kind of digest it. Yeah, the, the, the sound design is spectacular. And uh, you've heard us talk about this this summer, uh, certain films, big screen, big screen, big screen. This one is, is made for the IMAX uh, experience for a lot of different reasons. And so if you can go to a bigger screen to see this, do so. Uh, highly, highly recommend that. Solid A rating for me uh, for Nope. Uh, and uh, Jordan Peele just uh, continues to, to really blow me away. We've only got about two minutes to talk about um, The Gray Man, but would you like to give kind of a, a minute uh, overview of your thoughts on that? Well, you know what? I kind of want to talk about The Gray Man more in depth next week. Okay. However, I'll let you talk about Star Trek Strange New Worlds if you want. Okay. Star Trek Strange New Worlds is, uh, we actually are going to talk about Star Trek Strange New Worlds, if I can get it out there. Uh, this is probably one of the best Star Trek series um, for a first season that I have ever seen. Uh, it's a you know, very limited run. It's not an 18-episode season. There was only um, one episode that I felt I could have done without. I actually fast-forwarded through it. But the message of that particular episode paved the way for what was happening. So it, was, it wasn't just a throwaway episode, it was purposeful, but the way they did it was just annoying to me. But I love the characters, it introduces some old characters that we're familiar with if you were brought into the Star Trek universe from the beginning. Uh, you, you get to see uh, Uhura, you get to, to hear names like Kirk, and, and maybe even see Kirk uh, along the way. Uh, it is well worth your time uh, if you've never been engaged in uh, in Star Trek, and Spock, of course, uh, with with a, a relative of Gregory Peck uh, playing the lead role, uh, I'm really, really, really love what they've done. Uh, Anson Mount, uh, who who died in a, a recent film, uh, what, the, what did he no, die? Not in? the not the actor, the character. No, no, yeah, the character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he plays a character that died. Yeah, he's alive. He's alive. We'll just say uh, Anson Mount pops up in a role in Multiverse of Madness uh, and who meets a pretty terrible fate. Yeah, he, he kind of leaves us all speechless. Um, uh, and so yeah, we'll, we'll kind of leave it at that. But he's amazing as, as Pike. And I know that Mr. Tillman, I wish that we could, we could have a mic on him because I know that he absolutely loves this uh, series. And he, he wishes that we'd been able to talk about it uh, earlier when he actually had a microphone so he could give his his uh, feedback on this, but I think it's absolutely spectacular. And if you've never uh, been involved uh, and never even engaged in the Star Trek universe, I think this is a really cool place to start. And, and sure, you can go back and look at the other things. And this was actually a spinoff uh, of a previous series um, where, these, where a few of these characters uh, showed up as well. So, uh, you know, as we've talked, you and I have talked about our love of, of Star Wars and how it's continuing to survive and, and go on and on and on. We're seeing the same thing happen in Star Trek. Um, we've got Picard season three that's, that's gonna be coming out and it's bringing back some from the past like Worf is coming back, Riker is coming back, uh, and, uh, and, and, and Dr. Crusher is coming back as well. And so 
Uh, I'm just really, really uh, happy with what we're seeing. And not every series that we're seeing relating to Star Trek is awesome, but I'm happy to see it still be alive. But uh, Strange New Worlds, uh, an A rating for me, Mr. Tillman, so I'm glad that we got a chance to talk about that um, before uh, the summer was over. I appreciate you guys spending time with us right here on Meet Me at the Movies. You can uh, send us your non-viewer mail at info at c19.tv, and you can listen to the radio and podcast version through wgwg.org, and always catch our streams at c19.tv, and uh, the, uh, the cable version of this is on c 19 uh, right here, coming to you from Cleveland Community College. Movie quote of the week does come from Daredevil, and I love this. Uh, this. This quote makes a lot of sense. Wind blows the hardest the closer you get to the mountaintop. Let that digest. Think about that, and uh, we appreciate you always spending time with us right here on Meet Me at the Movies. Uh, for Thomas Manning, for Greg Tillman, and for the entire cast and crew, uh, I'm Noel T. Manning II, and that is a wrap. Classic, classic.